The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Peter and the apostles were arrested. They were said, do not keep teaching in this man's name. And Peter said, this is in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. And Peter Mm -hmm. and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. That is what we're going to get to today as we're in Acts chapter 5 on Exploring the Word. But Alex, before we get started, how's things going in Texas for you, brother? Well, it is such a blessing to be over here in West Texas. Everybody is just wonderful. I I just came from a a coffee shop where I was talking to some people, the Night Owl Coffee Shop in Silverton, run by a a Christian friend that uh, I interviewed for my weekend show. But um, Bert, to to tell how the people are feeling about exploring the Word, uh, we have a little clip, and Devin graciously uh, put this in the board so um, this will explain everything. I'm at that First Baptist of Silverton preaching this week, but let's play this little clip. Could we do that, Devin? That sounds good. Hello, my name is Robert. I'm from Farwell, Texas, and it's really nice to get to hear Alex tonight, but we sure did miss Bert. What do you think of that? Oh, me. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, hey, I love Texas, so I, I love a lot of states, so don't don't – I don't want folks from Alabama and Louisiana saying, "Oh, you brag on Texas." No, I like I like a bunch of places where I've been, but I know it's been good out there, Alex. And uh, Silverton First Baptist Church, you're going to be there tonight. I will be at seven o'clock, and I want to say a big thanks to the pastor uh, G. J. Walton, Gary Walton, the pastor, and his wonderful family. We've had good services, great attendance and uh, food fellowship and the Word of God. But yes, Bert, lots of people ask about you. And I want to say this, too, that everybody expresses their love for the American Family Radio Network. And the new One News Now, Today's Issues, Focal Point, just so many things, and, and exploring the Word. So for all of the support for AFA and just the bold stand for the gospel, I just want to say how much I appreciate the people of West Texas and they send their love and appreciation for you as well, Bert. Well, thank you so much. You tell them that I appreciate it. And I listen, uh, you, <laughs> we could not enjoy doing this program more than we do. We hear it all the time, how much we enjoy the program. And I say, listen, uh, we enjoy doing the program. And so we want to get into Acts chapter 5. Yes. And, and we're kind of in the middle of it. And then the high priest, verse 17, rose up. And all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, laid their hands on the apostles, put them in a common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Alex, uh, this is going to happen a little later on when Peter's, uh, an angel, releases him from prison. And again, here it is, all the apostles in a common prison. But notice what they were filled with, anger, indignation. They, listen, and it's because of what? They've healed a man, uh, signs and wonders. People are bringing, uh, they're sick and afflicted, and they're being healed. 
and they're mad about it. Now, how how you like that? <laughs> well, you know, one of the questions that the church in many eras of history has had to deal with is the question of civil disobedience. When is civil disobedience justified? And Peter, in verse 29 of Acts chapter 5, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, when the law of man is forcing you to go against the law of God, you're going to have to take a stand. And, you know, Bert, here in the United States, for two centuries plus, we've been very blessed that the laws of man were based on the laws of God. But here lately, uh, that, that has at least attempted to have been changed. Now, I pray, I pray that we'll be a nation that follows the laws of God. But in every believer's life, I mean, there's going to be a time when you're going to have to decide, are you going to stand for God, even though there might be a very high cost that goes with standing up for God? Now, in verse 30, Peter uh, and the apostles says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree or nailing to the cross. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to obey him. Bert, there in in, uh, 30 and 31, really you see the, the threefold ministry of Jesus. We often talk about prophet, priest, and king. Uh, he is the priest who goes between us and the Father. He paid for our sins with his own blood. He is the prophet. He declared the truth of God, the way of God, and Jesus is the, the sovereign king. In 30 and 31, don't you see his ministry of atonement, of Lord, and of sovereign over the universe? I mean, the multifaceted ministries of Jesus are referenced there, and then in 32, the witness of the Holy Spirit, the voice and the witness of the church. In a way, 30 through 32, the whole gospel and church age and Great Commission is, is really in there, isn't it? It is. And notice, this is Peter speaking with the other apostles. He is speaking the same things he's been telling them what they arrested for. Uh, after the After the angel had set him free, they did go to the temple, and they started preaching the same things they were doing. And that brought them into uh, here again, as we said in before the, the Sanhedrin and all those officials, and they repeat that. Now, again, they repeat this message again and again, and it's all about Jesus. And here, I agree with you, it is that, but this is early on. So this theology was not developed. This theology concerning Christ, concerning the Holy Spirit, was shared through Jesus Christ. The apostles learned it, and now through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're delivering it. It was not developed. It was taught because we hear this all the time from liberal theologians that the development of the gospel, the development of the of the history of the, the in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. No, Alex, you're making a great point that it is taught here right at the beginning. Uh, there was no hesitation in Peter's voice. What, what where the, was there? Exactly. Skeptics sometimes say that. Well, you know, quote Paul invented the gospel. 
No, the gospel is the death, deity, resurrection of Christ. He is God incarnate. He paid for our sins on the cross. He rose from the dead. And so it wasn't that the gospel was, like you say, you said it well, Bert, quote, developed or somehow invented. No, it was revealed. It was believed. And uh, so Peter is preaching the gospel. And by the way, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the everlasting gospel. Um, in the New Testament, it says the gospel that we've preached is not of man. wasn't invented or developed or, you know, refined out. It was revealed by God, proclaimed by the apostles. But the Jewish leaders, when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Yep. You, you remember, Bert, in, when we were going through the gospels, Jesus um, said, you know, for, for what good work are you wanting to stone me? In other words, the the power of God has been manifested, a good work, a healing. You know, why are you wanting to stone me? I, I think about the apostles here have only done good and proclaimed truth, and yet the people were furious and wanted to, to kill them. Now, Alex, Alex, let me just say this. Yes. The cancel culture has been around a long time. Amen. You catch that's that? That's exactly what I was going to say. It Look, is. And this it's a is, culture of death as well. Their answer is what? Kill them. Th- this is cancel culture, first century edition. Yep, it is. And now, go ahead. famously, Gamaliel. And there were two schools of Judaism, the Hillel and the Gamaliel school. And, uh, you know, Saul of Tarsus, who would be converted, be Paul the Apostle, had been a pupil of Gamaliel, but um, not saying Gamaliel believed, but he was, he, he had some wisdom. Uh, one st- stood up a Pharisee, Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people, commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. In other words, he calls the council into private chambers here for a minute. He says, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. In other words, you guys just calm down here a little bit. Back up. Back up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, For some time ago, uh, Thudius rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him, and he was slain, and all those who obeyed him were scattered, came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census, drew away people after him, also perished. So Gamaliel is giving a couple of examples of would-be Messiah figures that fizzled out and came to nothing. And in verse 38, he says, look, these men, leave them alone, because if this is the work of man, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, commanded they should not speak any more in the name of Jesus, let them go. Gamaliel, again, what, I'm not saying he was a believer, but he was a very reasonable man, wasn't he, Bert? He was, and honestly, that's what you want in, in, in judges. And again, it's different system of government, but still these people were in authority, they were the one that was making the decision, guilty or not guilty, sentencing, how, how severe. And everybody else wanted to kill him. He said, wait a minute, let's look. And his comment on the back is true. Now, 
this lets you know that I, I would say he's probably not a, a, a believer. He, he Nothing about Jesus here, nothing at mm-hmm. all. No. It's just the movement that he's talking about. It says, if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. His view of God was correct, that God moves and he acts and he responds. And he said, if you try, uh, lest you be fine to fight against God. Now, that is unique. Now, think what they're doing. And this reminds me of the Apostle Paul. When Apostle Paul was out killing the believers or having the believers killed, members of the way, he thought he was doing the will of God, you know? Mm, And here, uh, Gamaliel is selling to them, said, listen, if this is God, you're going to fight against God. They... They held themselves, this group of people, the Sadducees, these leaders, held themselves in such high regard. Here's what they thought. God agrees with us. Now, Alex, that is what so many people, even in the Christian world, in the church today, they come up with something they want to do, and they want God or persuade God, or in their mind they think God is for what they're doing. That's the opposite. We need to find out where God is operating and join him. Henry Blackaby did such a good job on that experience in God, you remember? Mm, and, I remember and he that. said, find out where God is working and join him. I Listen, that's what Alex and I are doing our best on Exploring the Word. We realize God is discipling people. And here, as we go into the Word of God in the book of Acts, we're asking that we join God in helping to know his truth and he'll set Amen. people free. Hey, we're going to be back with more of Acts chapter 5 right after the break. Don't go away. Tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer. Join millions of praying Americans who are united in prayer for our country. Connect from your mobile device or computer to the largest online prayer gathering ever. It's an incredible opportunity to experience the power of prayer as one nation under God. Be a part of this historic day along with fellow Christians who are ready to make a difference by lifting up our nation in prayer. Free prayer resources are waiting for you right now. Join an online prayer room and invite family, friends, and neighbors to join you for the National Day of Prayer. Just go to pray.team. There's absolutely no cost to participate. This is your call to prayer, and now's the time to answer the call. Our country needs your prayers more than ever, so join the Presidential Prayer Team for the National Day of Prayer. We'll see you online at pray.team. That's pray.team. When you're a farmer, you have to pay attention to what you plant and where you plant it. Dr. Tony Evans says Christians should do the same. He'll take us to Galatians 6, 7 through 8 as we spend two minutes with Tony. He gives what we might call an axiomatic statement. An axiom is a non-negotiable truism. It's the way things are. He says in verse 7, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you reap. You plant corn, you get corn. You plant green beans, you get green beans. You don't plant green beans and get watermelon. It is the way farming works. It is the way life works. You and I can sow to one of these two soils. 
We can sow to the human point of view or we can sow to the divine point of view. And he says, this point of view will produce two different crops. The one who sows to the flesh shall reap from the flesh. You will get something back, but what you get back will corrupt you. The one who sows to the spirit will also get something back, eternal life. Now, I know what you're saying. You say, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. I thought I already have eternal life. Well, you do. But the question when it comes to day-to-day living is, does eternal life have me? Eternal life is a quality of life. It is God's life. Jesus says that this is eternal life, that they know me in John 17. Eternal life is a quality of life. It is God in his fullness pulsating through your soul. Tony has a 10-message series exploring the equipment you need to build a healthy spiritual life. Check out the Spiritual Toolkit when you visit TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Trust the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Remember the Lord in all you do and He will give you success. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am? Right now I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand But even if you don't My hope is you alone Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We are finishing up Acts chapter 5. We're going to segue into Acts chapter 6. Uh, Alex and Bert here, and let me give the toll-free number because uh, later on in the show, in just a few minutes, we take Bible questions. We would love to hear from you, and uh, you'll if you've never called in with a Bible question, well, call in today. Make this your day that you join in on Exploring the Word. The number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We'd love to have you call in in just a minute, but Bert, uh, when I was in seminary, one year, we would always take a Bible verse as our theme for the year, and one year, our Bible verse was Acts 5.42, and I've remembered it to this day. It says, daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach the Lord Jesus Christ. That Acts 5.42 would be a really good verse for your church's outreach endeavors, wouldn't it? It would be. All of, matter of fact, verses 40 and 42 climax in this chapter of arrest, beating, and here's what they do. They agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed, the apostles departed, from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Wow. Alex, they counted it worthy. And here, uh, early church was was a persecuted church. The early church was a purposeful church. And and here it was a preaching church. They they were declaring it's we were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. 
And wow. we, I just want to wow. say this. We've got brothers and sisters right now all over the world who are suffering beyond measure. And they're, they're giving their lives. There's been more martyrs in the last hundred years than they had been previously all the times of the church. That many people have died because of their stand for Christ. And uh, in Northern Africa, it is very difficult. In the Middle East, in, in China, in North Korea, so many of these places where the gospel is hidden, unreached people groups all through. And now in India, uh, yes, the COVID virus is going wild over there, but guess what preceded it? A lot of Christian persecution. So yeah. when we read that, our hearts need to be mindful of, of, the, of the brothers and sisters in, our, in the church that are given their lives in prison, in work camps, simply because they know Jesus Christ is Savior. Mm, that, that is powerful. And you know what? Let me encourage you folks to, as an individual Christian, and yes, as a church in your local church, be a church that's missional and not only doing ministry, but staying informed about world missions and, you know, praying for the Great Commission. One of, one of the prayer assignments for the church is that we are to pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers. And, Bert, I'll say this. I want to get to Acts 6. But I think every local church should be praying that God would raise up Christian workers. And if your church has never had someone called to missions from out of the church or called to preach the gospel, um, pray. Pray that uh, from out of your local flock, God would call forth Christian workers, because every church has a role to play. I know we, we think of, quote-unquote, big churches or you know influential churches, but Bert, doesn't every local body of believers have a role to play in Christ's Great Commission? They do, Alex. Matter of fact, I can tell you this. I, it was a few years ago, but in our denomination, Southern Baptist, more, more of the pastors, missionaries, leaders came out of small churches than they did the big churches. Now, a reason that is, there are so many small churches. Yes, Amen. there's mega churches. Yes, there's large churches. But by and large, we're a denomination, and a lot of other denominations are the same way. Assembly of God, they've got a lot of great churches, but there's some small churches. And, and so whatever that denomination is, so in your church, no matter the size, is significant. And so we need to nail that down and pray that God, the Lord of the harvest, would send laborers into the harvest. And uh, so, and hey, guess what happens when you start praying? A lot of times you're the answer to that prayer by going. And yeah. uh, be open to the Lord. Be open to what his call might be in your life. Well, you know, um, I read a quote one time about priorities. Somebody said the key is not only prioritize what is on your schedule, but schedule your priorities. Setting priorities as a church, setting priorities as a believer, and yes, setting priorities as a minister. Okay, in chapter 6 of Acts, um, I think there's some good lessons about priorities and leadership and making decisions. But it says, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. Okay, now, so we're talking about Jewish believers and Greek believers. Because the, the Hellenists, the, the Greeks, 
their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Now, you remember back in chapter 4, there was within the church, there was uh, benevolent ministry going on. And so the, uh, the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we, the apostles, they said we're going to give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word, and this pleased the whole multitude. Hey, i got to say this. Um, there's a potential. The church is growing, and with the need for growth comes the need for structure uh, or, or organization. There was an opportunity here for some conflict to come around, but... Um, Bert, verse 5, it just seems so easy. What they've decided pleased the whole multitude. Well, hallelujah, because, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it very often the decision for infrastructure doesn't please the whole multitude, but yeah. I've always loved verse 5 of Acts 6, don't you? I do. I agree. Now, let me go back here. There was automatically a two-parter, the Hellenist and the Hebrews. They were yeah. automatically different. And what you do, if you dwell on that kind of difference, uh, you're going to look at every issue in every detail. Now, I don't know how they were being neglected. I don't know how much. Uh, they may not have gotten dessert, and everybody else got dessert. Now, now I'm having mm-hmm. some fun with it, so let me do that. That's, I, I do Come that. Come on now. And, but we don't know how big the issue was. But the issue was bigger because it was those people and these people. And I, I agree with you. The structure needed to happen, and it did happen, and it pleased the whole multitude. But here, the division or the, the separation was there, and then they found a way to make it even bigger. And so be careful in your churches. Don't, don't wear your feelings on your shoulder ready to be knocked off because you think that group's got it and you don't. Uh, that pastor, he spends more time with them than he does us. He spends all of his time with the senior adults and none with the young people. Or he's always interested in the young people and not the older people. Uh, do your best to not go there. And But anyway, Alex, the problem was revealed regardless of where it came from, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whether it was legitimate or whether it was big or small. But I agree with you. The saying pleased the whole multitude. Let me point out one more thing, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Something similar happens to this in Acts chapter 15 when uh, Paul returns on their missionary journey and they go to Jerusalem and they're talking about what it is about the Gentiles being saved. Do they have to become Jews before they can become Christians? Do they have to be circumcised? Do they have to keep the law? And there was a disagreement, and they dismissed them, and the, and the leadership went into a small group, and they discussed it, and it came out, and they shared with the whole group what needed to be done, and it pleased the whole group there as well. So yes. when you have a problem, when you have a problem, there's a way to get it done. Notice the apostles, a small group, came up with a solution. They brought the solution to the whole church, and the whole church agreed. Uh, if, you, if you put it out there for the whole church to discuss it, 
I, I just fear comes on me when that happens. You catch what? I, yeah, do you see exactly. the process here? Not only the structure, but I would say the plan to develop that structure. Not everything has to be voted on, does it? It. I I say this: the fewer times you can vote, the better off you are. Probably that's Amen. that's my thoughts about it now. Amen. Hey, by the way, I've always thought of this. A couple of things. I want to read six, then five. All right. They they get the people that are going to help serve the tables. Now, uh, the disciples say it's not suitable for us to leave the, the ministry of the word to serve tables. Not that serving tables isn't a holy thing. It is. I mean, anything you're doing for the Lord and for the gospel and for the body, that that's a, a godly thing. Um, serving tables is not menial while preaching the word is is more holy, but everything has to be according to the order and structure and the priority that it is. And the apostles that have been with Jesus, their calling, their assignment was the prayer and ministry of the word. All right. But when they get these apostles, they prayed and laid hands on them. So even though these people from verse five are going to serve the widows, they are really uh, commissioned and prayed over so this is a holy work and i think that's significant alex let me put this in it is a work i believe look at the qualifications good reputation full of the holy spirit and wisdom I, i again it is a holy work but the issue was more than the food the issue was the division Mm -hmm. you catch it that is the issue the division and it takes these seven godly men, full of the Holy Spirit, a good reputation, to look at that. I, honestly, it wouldn't take that many, nor would it take somebody with all those qualifications to fa- stand in the food line and dip out the amount of food that is needed. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not diminishing the importance of how it is. Important, it is. But the problem here was that division that had come up and yeah. this distribution of the food had revealed it. And these seven men were to take care of it. I, I, I just love what you just said, the structure that came about with principled leadership. Amen. And, and their names are listed, uh, these people. And like you say, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, there is a certain uh, necessity for wisdom and spiritual maturity in in church leadership, isn't there? There is. Now, two of these names are not. Go- we're not finished with them. Stephen mm-hmm. and Philip, brother. Yeah. Uh, uh, God has work for them to do down the road, doesn't he? Yeah. After they waited on the tables, they started sharing the word of God with power. You know. Uh, yes. So and, you, and what do you do? You respond to the door that God gives you, and then God will make the door bigger or go into other doors, won't He? But you respond at that point in time. Well, and you know, when there's unity in the body and there's the the leading of the Spirit, look what happens in verse 7. The word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Um, You know, praise God, uh, even the religious leaders that look back at verse 33, a a few um, verses ago, uh, Peter and John and the apostles were in trouble. And you know what? These priests that are being obedient to the faith, they could have kowtowed and fearfully just blindly obeyed the religious leaders. But the, the unity and the obedience and the spirit empowerment of the body, it's making an impact, isn't it? 
It is, and I, I love that. Notice they do a great many of the priests. Uh, I, I don't know if you've had the privilege of doing this, but I've had the privilege of leading deacons that had already been ordained to the Lord and then baptizing them. I've even had one or two men that had, quote, been preaching, and they found out they really needed to get right with God. In other yeah. words, there's no religious position that makes you <clears throat> right with God. It is a relationship with God that makes that. Amen. That You know, well said. And to everybody listening, hey, you may be like I was. Look, I had been a church member for eight years since I had filled out a card and joined the church. Uh, and yet, I didn't really know the Lord till I was 21 years old. So, friend, there's no shame. Uh, get right with God. Listen, for goodness sakes, don't miss the gospel because you'd be embarrassed to own up and say, well, I'm a church member, but I don't know that I'm saved. If you need to make sure that you're saved, make sure that you are saved. And we have a number of a, a partner ministry. And look, nobody's going to ask you for your address or money or anything like that. We just want to make sure that you've had a born-again experience with Jesus. And Bert, people could even call today and settle this thing, couldn't they? They could. And that number is 888-NEED-HIM. 888-NEED-HIM. Again, as Alex said, there are partners in ministry. And chat about Jesus. You can go to there and you can get online if you need to do it that way. But these men, these the multitude, the priest, they got right with God. Why? Because the word of God was preached. The word of God will not return void, Alex, but it will go forth and accomplish what he sends it forth to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, later on in chapter 6, there's the church's first martyr, really, and we'll talk about that later. But when we come back, your phone calls. So stay tuned to Exploring the Word. We're back after this brief break with your Bible questions and more. Don't go away. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net Hello, I'm Gary Roby, host of Call to Worship, heard each Sunday on American Family Radio. This one-hour program will lead you in a special time of worship and praise. We will focus on God's Word, spoken, and in music. Call to Worship has a different topic each week as we glorify God together. Be sure to join us at 5 a.m. Central each Sunday for a Call to Worship right here on American Family Radio. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Just as the Biden administration removed Trump-era restrictions on fetal tissue research, thanks to a FOIA request from Judicial Watch, we now know that our United States Food and Drug Administration trafficked the body parts of babies slaughtered in abortions. Our U.S. FDA purchased the organs of dismembered babies, demanded fresh baby parts like they were ordering meat from a butcher, bought the skulls of children murdered in the second gestational trimester, all from a company that sold the skin 
of a 21-week-old murdered child who had Down syndrome. This is Wicked. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 23, Paul says this, You belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Many things are on my daily calendar, but there's one thing I have on my calendar every day. Every evening, my calendar reminds me to check all the door locks at our home. When I remember to check the locks at night, it gives me a sense of security so that I can sleep. In Jesus Christ, we have eternal security. God's salvation isn't a hope-so salvation, it's a no-so salvation. Having assurance that you're saved empowers you to live for Jesus Christ as you've never lived for Him before. You can be sure, if you've trusted Christ, you belong to Him forever. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Word of God speak. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert and Alex with you, and we're just enjoying going through the book of Acts. And matter of fact, Alex is going to teach the book of Acts uh, at the Cove. Is it in June, Alex? Yeah, June 25 through 27. Bert, thanks for mentioning that. That's in Western North Carolina. Their website is the cove.org, T-H-E-C-O-V-E.org, and I'll be up there, and uh, it's pretty close to full. There might be one or two seats left, but if you'd love to join us, we're going to be with people from all over the country. Randall Murphy of the AFA Journal, he'll be there too. You'll get to meet Randall, and uh, we'll go through the entire book of Acts, but Bert, we're going to pray together for revival in America. That's at the end of June. We'd love to see you there, folks. That's what the theme is, revival in the book of Acts, isn't it? It is, the principles of spiritual awakening, and there are a lot of them in there. And Bert, um, I just believe if the people of God pray for revival, revival will come. I really do, and we need it. Friends, in our nation, you know, we were talking about priorities. Please make praying for spiritual awakening in America, make that prayer a priority on your everyday list. Amen so much. Hey, we've got room for phone calls at number 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Give us a call. We've got room for you. But first, we're we're going to Mississippi and we're going to talk to Ann. Ann, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Um, my question is, I'm sure you've addressed this before, but I need a refresher. It says in the Bible that there will be no thieves, no murderers, no drunkards, no liars that will enter the kingdom of God. But yet in the Bible there is instances where people of God have lied. Like, uh, was it Moses that said that his wife was his sister? And then Rahab lied about where... The two the spies, men were hiding, yeah. you know, yeah. said they had left and they had not left. And so I know it says in 
so were some of you, so so were some of you. You know, but when you get saved, you still sin, and you try not to with the Holy Spirit's help. But what if you were to lie and then get killed in a car wreck? <laughs> okay, thank you, Ann. Hey, that was Abraham that uh, had his wife to be a sister it was a stretch uh to do that by the way if you read the history of it but alex uh in christ when we get to heaven our sins all our sins are are washed away we're clean we're pure uh, we we enter into his presence and when we stand before him as believers it's not going to be judging our sins they've already been judged on the cross but it's judging our service rewards for how we've served the Lord and what we've done. But so when you have that, it, it, I understand the confusion, you know, but line that is forgiven. It's under the blood. Now it's no excuse. And Paul made that plain. Did he not? He said, God forbid that you use God's Jesus blood and God's forgiveness as an excuse for sin. No, walk in purity, walk in truth. Would you speak to Ann? Well, God bless you uh, for listening. And yes, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it lists all those, you know, people that do not inherit the kingdom of God. And you rightly mentioned uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, that says, as such were some of you. In other words, you're, you've been saved. Now, you asked the question about uh, even if we're born again, we still might commit a, a sin. And 1 John 5, 18 says, whoever is born of God does not sin. Now, listen very carefully, because uh, we say, well, yeah, uh, I do sin. Even as a born-again Christian, we've lost our temper, gotten angry, told a lie, you know, hey, in a very technical sense, if you're driving the car and you're speeding, you're breaking the law, and that's a sin, because Romans 13 talks about obeying uh, the law. So, Bert, I think the way to resolve this is to understand our position in Christ. When you trust Christ, when you're born again, positionally, you are in Christ. That's why 1 John 5.18 says, if you are born of God, you don't sin. Now, you might commit a sin, but it's a relationship of, of your fellowship with God, not the status of your standing. So this is... I think a great incentive to try to live a holy life of obedience to the Lord and following the Holy Spirit, because if you're a born-again believer, your identity now is righteousness in Christ. And in a very real sense, um, you you don't sin now, uh, because positionally you're in Christ. That's why, you know, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, can a murderer go to heaven? Can a, a homosexual go to heaven? Can an adulterer go to heaven? Yes, if you do what 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, and you've repented and you've turned from it, therefore you no longer are a, a person characterized by sin, but you're now in Christ. So I think the key, and Bert, you and I do teach on it. We probably ought to teach on it even more about position. Yeah, sonship and fellowship. It it all has to do with our position, doesn't it? It does. And our position in Christ, once we have been born again, 
And they use two terms, adopted and born again, because what we receive in Christ in this relationship is, is, is beyond description that we are part of God's family. And we hope that helps some. Thank you so much. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Jake. Jake, welcome. How are you doing today? Fantastic, brother. How about you? Oh, I'm doing good. I was sitting here waiting on my daughter to get off the school bus, and I always listen to y'all all the time. But the well, deal that I got that, you know, you were talking about lying, and, you know, Revelation 21 and 8, it talk about lying that you burn and brimstone and fire. And then it also it talks in the Bible about sorcerers, homosexuals, and all of those. They got their part of the fire. So if that's if that the case about all the lying going on, we don't even have to worry about seeing no politicians in heaven because they do, that's, they're the worst that i ever seen. Okay, Jay. Hey, listen. I, that's a general rule. I've got some brothers and sisters in Christ that are politicians. And, brother, uh, I, I guess the difference, Jake, would be statesman. This might be good, Alex. A statesman and a politician. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, a yeah. statesman is a man that and a woman. They're going to do that which is right, and they're going to do their best to stand on truth. Uh, I, I know what you're saying, Jake. We've, we've yeah. been given a bunch of junk by a lot of people talking about what they're going to do and what they're not doing, Alex. You know, I've heard that a a an, uh, a politician looks to the next election, a statesman looks to the next generation, and and you're right. And nowadays, you know, people just say almost anything that comes to mind. But you know, the Bible is clear there about those that are you know uh, in the lake of fire, Revelation twenty, and among those are people that uh, live and make a lie. We need to be persons of truth, especially within the family of God. I mean, Amen. live within your true identity. And if you're a born-again believer, uh, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, the things that are of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jake. Let's go to Mississippi and talk to Robert. Robert, welcome. Thank you, sir. My question is... Uh, if you smoke marijuana, can you be saved? And even after you're saved and keep smoking marijuana, could you lose your salvation? Because marijuana is a thing that I like. Uh, I enjoy doing. Okay. Thank you, Robert, for your call. Let me just share this with you. There's wisdom and there's that which is the Bible talks about foolish and again robert take what the word of god not bert but over in the book of proverbs it talks about the use of alcohol uh the miss of the misuse of alcohol is completely sin uh there are those that say well it doesn't say that it's wrong to use it it's just to misuse it but when you read proverbs and you see what it says about alcohol or any mind-altering drug and marijuana is in that category uh, it, it says it's it's kind of foolish, Alex, you know? And yeah. uh, so marijuana is one of those things that's up in the air now, medical marijuana. Uh, I know some people that uh, have used it for that reason and that reason only, and uh, I've known others that use it for recreational reasons. Um, I Listen, uh, I'm not sure salvation is tied 
to whether you use it or not, but I think the misuse would be for sure. Uh, let me encourage you to, to pray about God giving you the strength to completely walk away from it. And uh, I, I've, there's some scripture that I want to cite, but let me just speak as, as Alex here. I, I would give my right arm if our nation could be free from all drugs. And just because Colorado and a couple of states have wanted to legalize recreational marijuana, that doesn't make it any worse. The Center for Disease Control, the U.S. government, says it is a gateway drug that leads to harder drugs. Um, and, sir, if you're you're a believer, I would encourage you to... Uh, put it down, and never take it up again. And, Bert, let me just give you a few uh, things. For one, um, as Christians, I believe we need to have our faculties completely clear. And to, to get high or to get drunk or to become intoxicated, uh, that's just not how a, a spirit-filled, born-again believer lives. I mean, our mind is to be clear. The Bible says we are of the day. We are to be sober. The other thing is smoking marijuana, horrible for your lungs. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and it's not our own. I mean, I think it's it's part of our job because we want to serve the Lord, live as long as we can to uh, honor the Lord. Um, I mean, regardless of the legality of it, which it's not legal, I mean, um, in the majority of states, if you were a marijuana user, you would have to be breaking the law, but it, it is terrible for your body. And then what a witness to the kids yeah. around you, the young people. And so I would just beg of you to pray, and I would urge you in the strongest possible terms, walk away from it and never take it up again. I agree with you fully. Thank you, Robert, for your call. We really do appreciate it. Let's go to Kansas and talk to R.D. R.D., welcome. How you doing today? Doing well. Good. good to hear from you. What's that? Go so right good, ahead. Good to hear from yeah. you. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Uh, I know that they say the Bible is non-contradictive, but there's the one, and I would argue that to a point. But when Jesus is on the cross, he says to the one criminal, today you will be with me in heaven. On resurrection morning, he's in the garden, and he tells Mary... Don't touch me. I have not seen the Father yet. Um, hey, let me speak to this. Uh, by the way, uh, I want to mention a couple of books on alleged Bible contradictions. And by the way, these, as is so often the case, to look at what it really says in the original language is very helpful. Norm Geisler wrote a wonderful book called The Big Book of Bible Difficulties. And a uh, great book. I would highly recommend it. But, no, in the garden on Easter morning, when the women saw the risen Jesus, uh, literally what the wording says is, you can't keep clinging to me because I've not yet ascended to the Father. Now, he had been to the Father during the weekend after his death on the cross, but before the resurrection of Sunday morning, he did go. And so what he said to the thief on the cross was true. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Then he appeared on Easter morning, resurrected, but the women apparently were just, you know, so overjoyed. They, we're not going to let you go. You're back, and we, we're not going to let you go. And what Christ essentially was saying was, look, you can't keep clinging to me because in a few days I'm going to ascend, right. which he did. So 
Um, is that a challenging passage, the way the English re- renders it? Perhaps, but a verified contradiction? Um, absolutely not. Okay. R.D., thank you. Hope you got that. We're going to try to get one more in, and it's uh, Buddy from Mississippi. Buddy, don't have a lot of time. Go ahead with your comment. My comment is just uh, that uh, the caller, I can't remember her name, but uh, you can be seen, uh, saved daily. If you pray for that sin, as soon as you commit it, drop down and pray for forgiveness to our precious Lord and Savior. Okay? That's okay. It. Hey, First John, is it 118 or 19? First uh, John 518, 518, whoever is born of God does not sin. And there's another, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. God does the cleansing. So here's the idea, and I agree with the, the caller it just made. What we do, we should be so sensitive to sin being in our lives that we can't stand it. And what do we do? We confess it. The word confess means to agree with. Alex, you know, we need to agree with God about using marijuana. We're not trying to get God to agree with us. I want God to agree with me. Uh, No, no, I want to agree with God. What does God say? And then I make a beeline and I join him. Alex, that's what we need to do. We don't need to try to persuade God to agree with us on our opinions, do we? Right. And you know what? The question is not how much can I be like the world and still go to heaven. No, the question is because I've been saved and I am on my way to heaven, I want to gratefully, obediently live for the one that made it possible for me to go to heaven, living for Jesus. We're going to be in Acts chapter 6. Matter of fact, we're going to pick up Stephen. We were introduced to him (laughs) as one of the seven filled with the Holy Spirit of wisdom and a good reputation. And he's going to go from there and share the gospel. Uh, We're going to find out. We're in some exciting times in the book of Acts, and you'll want to join us. So tomorrow, Alex, we'll be ready to go, won't we? Amen. Amen. Folks, thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. Read on in Acts chapter 6. Join with us tomorrow. We'll pick it up again. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word, if you would. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.